All right, it is Tuesday morning, everybody. Tuesday morning. It is May. Podcast for May 11th, 2021. Uh, This is the first time I've ever done one of these in the morning. So if my voice sounds different, um, it's because it's in the morning. And uh, it's about 5.30 in the morning. Uh, And I'm back on my routine, everybody. Back on the routine. In bed early. Getting up early. Although I I was up earlier than normal. Like just naturally just got up. And um, gym doesn't open till 6. I'm not even going to the gym. But I'm just going to throw that in there that I'm I'm back. (laughs) Back exercising again. One of those things like when you tell people you're on a diet. Just to fucking say you're on a diet. But you have no intention of actually changing how you're eating, how you're stuffing your face. Um, that's me right now with my, my new routine. So we'll see how this works in the morning. Uh, who knows if uh, I'm any funnier or more boring or sound more tired in the morning. I have to add my tea yet. Again, something I don't normally do. I, I never drink. I don't need any performance enhancers. Um, you know, <laughs> coffee is a performance enhancing drug that I refuse to take. Um, mostly because I, I, I literally, if I, if I have any sort of caffeine after 12 p.m., I cannot sleep. Uh, by the time I go to bed, whether that's eight hours from then or 12 hours from then, does not fucking matter. So, um, but maybe today, because I, I did go to bed a little, little later, got up a little earlier, maybe I'll need a little uh, tea as the day goes on. Who fucking knows? Where the fuck is this going? Um... <laughs> I don't know. The first thing, though, that I the part of the reason why it spurred me to fucking do this right now was because I I already woke up just in a bad mood because like the first thing I did, you know, when I I think I I really woke up this morning probably like four thirty probably, and then just laid in bed till about five, um, and then I was like maybe I can time myself out by um just mindlessly scrolling through some social media, and I go on Facebook, which I never do. Because that's a cesspool. I mean, social media is just such a fucking cesspool. Um, but I scrolled through and I saw somebody um, who's back at Disney. And and this is a guy that moved back uh, with his girl, girlfriend that he met when he was a janitor at Disney. Um, and he's he rented a hotel and they're at some fucking Disney resort near Orlando. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I have no idea. It's those people are, are some of the most embarrassing, creepy fucking people. Like I was literally I was triggered this morning, thinking about the idea of being like, and this guy's like over thirty years old, of you know, me and my significant other, our fucking vacations, are in the city that we already live in, Orlando, which is by itself a reprehensible city, by the way. If if you've ever been to Orlando, it is one of the most reprehensible places for someone to live, never mind want to relocate to. Um, but that's what these people did. Orlando's a swamp, by the way. Like, there's not even a beach nearby. It takes you like an hour and a half to get to like any sort of reputable beach. I think like Daytona Beach might be the nicest nearby beach and it's like an hour and a half away. Um, also a fucking disgusting place as someone that's been to both. I spent probably a month in Orlando during, during my work time, and there was a number of people, particularly older, fat people, that for whatever fucking reason like going to Orlando. Like, that was like the end-all, be-all, you know? And it's like, it's like the people that, you know, just build a sauna in your backyard, and it's the same fucking thing. And you don't have to deal with alligators. Um, or these goddamn people that move down there 
thinking that they're going to relive some fucking childhood fantasy of theirs uh, at Disney World. I mean, and maybe it's because I, I never was a Disney kid. Um, hand up, like, my, my parents never took me to Disney World. And I, I'm not even, like, fucking bitter about it. Like, I, I remember as a kid, probably half, if not more than half of the students, you know, the kids you went to school with, they had gone. They, you know, they said it was great. Um, but even, I was just, like, I, I just, I never was into it. Never, never fucking dawned on me that that was, like, a cool thing to do until I got to college. And I met so many fucking people that over the age of 18 that were like, that is my favorite vacation. I can't wait till I graduate and make enough money or I can take myself down there. Right. Or even the people like when they were in college, like their parents would take them once again to go to fucking Harry Potter world or something. Like it, it, it always blew my mind. It is so goddamn creepy. Anyone above the age of, I'll say 20. I'll give people, because when you turn 18, like, even though, like, you're an adult, technically, like, a lot of people <laughs> don't process the fact that they're an adult yet. Um, so I'll give you till 20. But once you get from 20 all the way through until you have kids, above the age of four, maybe, it is very, is very weird. And I, I get creeped out by those people. I don't know what it is. But, but there's something immensely sad. I think what makes me angry about it is, like, there's something so immensely sad about these people that like the best the best thing they could do is is go back in time <laughs> to when they were kids oh my god <laughs> and like back back and not even like reliving like a childhood memory as much as a childhood fantasy i i just don't i mean and the fact that Disney allows childless people to walk around these parks, I mean, the, the, the people that I'm talking about, by the way, are like, just, I mean, the, the highest level of fucking self-righteous dorks. So, and and that, that, may, that may be the worst type of person, too, is a self-righteous dork. Um, and he moved down there. And both these people, by the way, are are terribly unhealthy in terms of, like, their weight. So it's just like... Which I also, I'm not fat shaming, but I do find people that are obese kind of repulsive in the sense of, I mean, like, do you really not give a fuck about, you know, the temple that is your body? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? In any case, these people literally triggered me this morning looking at them, you know, posting a selfie from a balcony in fucking... I don't even know Buena Vista, Florida. Is that even where Disney World is? I don't know. Some swamp-looking place in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, and her hair is, is frizzy and, like, almost matted, but so frizzy because of the humidity. Down. It's just like, I, I hope you're enjoying some, you know. And they're, and they're wearing masks in their photo, by the way, on their own balcony. And their masks happen to be, like, Disney-themed characters. It, it, like, I just, I don't, I really just don't understand it. And, and I woke up today. Pretty happy that I got up in a good mood. And then I went and I saw this. And I was like, I, got, I, can't, I can't sit here and, and start my day without processing. <laughs> How these absolute lunatics get away with it. That's, I'm not going to get on some high horse about, you know, millennials. But like, that is probably the one thing about millennials that I, I hate the most are Disney millennials. The ones that, without kids, go down to Disney World 
and and talk about how that is a part of their personality. Um, because whatever whatever they're trying to fucking run from or escape from, uh, they still haven't figured it out yet. Uh, and and I, I really worry about those kids that they raise, um, <laughs> and how sheltered those kids are going to be um, to the realities of life in the world because their parents just decided to never deal with their own shit. And so they moved down to Orlando, Florida, which is a, just a dump. It's a nightmare full of old people. For, I, I, don't, I really don't understand the draw to Orlando. If you're going to move to Florida, move towards a beach. Not, I'm not saying move to a beach, like on a beach, but move toward a beach. Jesus Christ. You, you know, Walt Disney picked Orlando literally because it was cheap because no one wanted to live there. And we're talking about people that have lived, you know, people have lived in Florida for thousands, millions of years, right? Well, I, I shouldn't say millions. Tens of thousands of years. And there's a reason why no one lived down there. Because it's a swamp. It's dreadful. It's a nightmare. And now you got all these tourists, these goddamn millennials, running around, pretending like they're going to Harry Potter world to relive some childhood trauma. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But, I don't know. Those, I mean, whatever. Like, happy, good, good for them, I guess. In, in their minds, if they're, there was something. But I, I, I shudder to think that, like... That's become like an acceptable take for you to go around saying that like I'm, I'm like a, I'm like 30 years old in my favorite. Like I go to Disney I have multiple times a year, stay overnight, book a hotel room. Um, and like we've just gotten to a point where like, yeah, no, that, that's normal. That's cool. Cool behavior for a, for an adult without kids. But, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then and then the other thing. So I. I <laughs> Talking about social media too. My other fucking point today, already triggered, was just like how lame people are. Like dunking culture on Twitter needs to stop. I'm telling you, these on Twitter you go on there, and somebody writes like basically this like clickbait headline, and it's like <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's lowest moment during quarantine was eating a slice of bread, and then immediately everything like I saw this tweet like three times on my timeline about somebody. Quote tweeting it like, <laughs> like, oh my God, you had bread? What a bitch. And like everyone liking it being like, yeah, I have bread all the time. And same thing, there was like another, there was another one about like, there was this article that was like, you know, screenshot and taken out of context. Like, yeah, like during quarantine, I was drinking multiple drinks seven nights a week. Like who does that? That's not healthy. And then like everyone was like, um, I do. <laughs> it's like, fuck. <laughs> Does that make you special or unique? And then everyone just, you know, fucking likes it. I, I really think I could cynically, like, start a Twitter page that just leans into, like, I think I could go viral. Like, I'm almost certain that I could will myself to just appeal to the lowest common denominator, make the easiest possible joke that is, like, somewhat relatable. Like those people that like, yeah, I probably drink too much three or four nights. <laughs> I probably drink too much three nights a week. But yeah, I probably have a cocktail four nights a week. Um, it just appealed to like that level that think it's a problem. That like they think they're so edgy. I think that, that's really what it is. That, that's what it is. Is that you, people think they're edgier than they are. 
And this is coming from a guy with a podcast on a pun from fucking a year ago, right? But I, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm edgy as much as just uh, a narcissist, perhaps. <laughs> I need to turn my social media more into a, a narcissism machine for myself, as opposed to these edgy people who I'm talking down to, supposedly edgy people I'm talking down to. I don't know. Um, but I, fucking what a morning for social media, man. I, I'm telling you, it is toxic. Social media is a cesspool, an absolute nightmare. I, I, I don't even know why I'm, I'm on it anymore. I, I did a cleanse during, during Lent for 40 days or however long Lent is, six weeks, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, and I felt great. Did not miss it. I didn't miss it. It was kind of fun at the end going back and like catching up on some people. Uh, you know what they've been up to and stuff, but at the end of the day, like I, the, you do not need to be on social media daily. Certainly not hourly, like the majority of us are, myself included. Uh, first thing I did when I woke up this morning was look at that shit. Um, and man, it's just it's it's a poison, man. It's an addiction. It's like it's like it's salt and sugar. They tell you it's okay in moderation, uh, but what they don't tell you is that those are fucking drugs, man. You get addicted to that shit, you know, you fall off the rails, you have a salty, you know, eat some french fries or something, eat some potato chips, right? And the rest of your diet, the rest of the day, I swear to God, goes down the tubes. Because that shit is an addictive substance. And it kills you, not to mention. And I'm, I guarantee you, 20 years down the road, we're going to get to these headlines of people that wasted their lives on social media. It's going to kill them too. I don't know. Um, but in non-social media related topics, I, I guess I finished uh, one of the books I was reading about um, World War One. I. I thought that was interesting. Um, and th- the biggest takeaway being, it, I, I'm shocked at how important it is um, for societies to have a moral foundation for what they're doing. Um, and, and I say that because kind of the things that, that I've been reading for the past year, really, it, post-World War I, I'm fascinated by the in-between time between World War II, particularly, you know, the, the late 20s, 30s, um, and kind of the seismic shifts culturally, politically, economically, um, Europe went through, America went through. Um, and I, and I, part of it stems from after World War One and, and how much nonsense that was, what I didn't realize was how many Central European countries were still uh, monarchies. You know, Austria-Hungary was an absolute monarchy. Russia Empire, the Russian Empire, that, that was a, a monarchy. The Ottomans, um, th- that was a, a an empire too. And then you had little principalities too, like uh, you know Italy had recently reunified, and, and Germany, you know the Hohenzollerns, the Kaiser, that they were. They were also uh, a monarchy too. And even though like everyone thought it was bullshit and no one really believed in, and they were longing for revolution, what, what, what they were able to do for the longest time was keep national minorities in check. And, and I, I, don't, I don't say that in a means to, you know, <laughs> it's good that they were kept down, but in the sense that those nationalistic forces were ultimately some of the biggest drivers of uh, the next world war. And, in some of the wars throughout the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, in the Baltic and, and 
Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, things like that. So um, I, I thought that was good. So, so anyone interested in that type of stuff, I, I think you gotta, you gotta really dive into not the American version of shit. You find some European takes um, because they're a lot more complex. They're a lot more nuanced. Um, and it just tells a, it tells a better story about where, where the world's at today. And it, you know, part of the reason why some of those national minorities were kind of kept in check was a kind of social fabric that, you know, there's probably a place in this world for monarchs because, you know, they believe to a certain extent that, um, they had the divine right ruled by divine right, that there is God above and, um, he's selected these people to, to be your leaders. And, you know, once that was over and people realized that, that they had the power for their own self-determination, um, it led to a lot of nihilism. It led to a lot of um, people replacing, you know, God is dead and, and the state is now God. Um, and, you know, placing kind of these demagogic figures, you know, Mussolini, Hitler, uh, Franco, um, and, you know, some of the nationalistic governments, the, the nascent ones in Central and Eastern Europe, um, kind of fell into this orgy of, of, of violence and, and war and strife. And um, it, it was just interesting that I think, too, that we kind of have in, in America, certainly, a moralistic view of our role in the world um, and how important that is. And without that, I would be interested to see how much uh, we really all pull together because um, it doesn't seem like at times that there's much that, that, that holds us together except uh, a belief in the moral power of America and, and what we can do for the world and the good that we do for the world, supposedly. Uh, at least that's the narrative. That, that's what we kind of, uh, that binds us together. You know, when we hear things, oh, we're better than that. You know, we don't storm the Capitol. We don't fucking hold vaccines from others. We don't do X, Y, and Z uh, because we hold ourselves to a standard because we need to be a light on the hill for other nations um, is what they say. And I, I don't know how much of that's actually true. Um, and it would be interesting to live in a, in a society that was less um, like that. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm reading a lot of Nietzsche recently, so... Uh, a lot of Nietzsche too is is very. Let's we have to tear down these old systems of morality and build new systems of morality that are based on humanistic principles uh, that were not founded in a uh, Christian Judeo uh, kind of lens. And I think all 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 of uh, kind of what we have today is, is through that Judeo Christian lens. Um, and when you tear that away, you know, is there opportunity to to, to make a bigger impact. I don't know. So that, that was interesting, the book that I read there. So um, Follow Dynasties, I, I recommend that. Um, segments. Uh, <laughs> what Pat's reading? What is he watching? Um, <clears throat> Red's been winning, which is, <laughs> that's been positive. Uh, it's helped my gambling account as my fucking stock portfolio was taking a big goddamn fucking hit. Um... What this fucking market to expose the NASDAQ. But, you know, as long as I keep gambling, maybe I can uh, stave that off. 
Um, the other thing too, I've been kind of looking forward to FCC is going to start. FC Cincinnati is going to start soon, um, and kind of appearing on some of the fan forums, and um, another just reprehensible crowd that hasn't found its own identity yet is the the FC Cincinnati fan base. Um, I think I've gone on this before about Gen Xers just being horrible culturally, just growing up with the worst possible culture. Um, they when they bring that to soccer, it, it's even worse, particularly in this city. I mean, the the, the number of fucking dads, right, young dads driving down here to the game, thinking there's some influential voice is going to be. That's going to be bad. You got these bearded, you know, beer gutted, you know, men in soccer shirts that are far too tight carrying around drums and flares, singing, walking down the street about FC Cincinnati. Um, I'm happy for them that they're building that culture, but, I mean, we have to figure out how to make ourselves a lot less lame. Um, Cincinnati's too nice, I I think. We're, We're far too accepting of just dorks and lame people, but, I mean, that's... I'm looking forward to going to the game, but um, looking forward also to not getting involved in, in a lot of that, that shit. It would be cool if we had like a uh, more of a, uh, shall I say, normal fan experience where people, you know, perhaps like they do in European countries where there's a bit more um, freedom of expression, honestly. <laughs> um. And they just do normal shit like getting beers with their pals at the local pubs and walking over to the games without any sort of like affiliation with some German slogan that no one knows what the fuck it means. Die Ennerstacht. Forgot that, you know, everyone since now speaks German. I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, if we could just be more like European soccer, I think it better. Like, like the European fans in, in, in Manchester stormed... Old Trafford. Manchester United fans stormed Old Trafford. And you had all these pundits in America being like, oh, that is just, that is disgraceful. Can you imagine? That's not how you protest. That isn't how you protest. Breaking in to a fucking stadium, walking around the pitch. That's not. Think of the players, you know? What if they drop something on the field? That's just not, that's not safe. That's, that's not how you do it. That's violent. Oh, Fuck off. That's violent. Get the fuck out of here. We've become so soft to what actual protesting is. And you know what that did, by the way? Those fans in Manchester United have been trying to get Malcolm Glazer's attention for 20 years, for as long as that guy's owned the team. I think it's been 16 years, for as long as that guy's owned the team. And not once, not a single time has he ever addressed the fans. Never. Like, not even in a letterhead. His CEO that he appointed to run the team is the one that, that does all that. And that was after that, after the pitch invasion that they canceled the Liverpool game because of. That was the first time that owner has ever addressed his fans, right? The level of contempt that these people at the top, that the, these billionaires have for community institutions and how they're, they're essentially just chattel to them is it's disgusting. And I'm 
beyond happy for and pleased and encourage more clubs and more fans and more just individual citizens to take that step of, you know what? These people in the media and their, and their high towers that look down upon everybody because they've got their fucking life made in the shade, right? You as an individual pose a threat to them. God forbid that you tear down their gates. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about you tearing down their own gates. So when they see fans tearing down the gates at Old Trafford to go walk around the pitch, you know, get into a little physical altercation perhaps with a couple of cops as if that's... We can't live in a society where there's any, any sort of physical jostling, shall I say. Don't, don't be afraid of those people. Those are not the people that we have to impress. Those are not the people that anybody should be worried about what they think. Oh, the perception. Oh, this, this is a terrible perception for this club and the fans are trying to... What they did was for the first time in 16 years, got that owner to speak to them. He wrote a letter. He apologized for some of the shit that had been going on with the Super League. Um, and, he, and he promises some reforms and we'll see if that actually happens. But that got the attention. That got the attention of the ownership and any sort of protest without the threat, the implicit threat that, that something could kick off, right? That some gates could be bent, some doors might be broken. It doesn't, it doesn't work. That doesn't get people's attention. One of the biggest issues with like the civil rights movement, I, I think that came out, not issues, I shouldn't say that, but was this idea that if you just get a bunch of people to show up somewhere and mill about in the streets, you can change shit. Perhaps in, in, in human history, that was a unique time. The Velvet Revolution, I think that also happened in the 50s. People just showed up, no violence, people in power, just all right, all right, fucking, I get it. But then everyone got cynical once again, as they always do after <laughs> events like this. And everybody's, you don't have to do shit. You can take as many people as you want, fucking walk around the streets, do whatever you, but no one, no one takes notice unless some gates get broken, in my opinion. So, um, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for any sort of action against anything in particular. I'm just, I'm making a point, perhaps, um, that if you as an individual want to see action, um, there are worse things you could do than walking into a stadium that you and your family have over the course of decades, generations, spent a fortune in to go walk around on that hollowed grass um, and same things with the institutions in this country. People have been paying taxes for generations. God forbid someone sets foot in public fucking property. It walks around a little bit. I'm just saying it gets results. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to do it in an advice segment. Maybe we'll do that next time. Um, but it, we're, we're right at 30 minutes, which, which is what I want to keep these at. Um, again, let me know what you think. Let's... Um, I, man, I, fuck, I forgot the password to my Instagram account. Um, <laughs> I, I have no idea what it is. I fucking, I have two other accounts linked to it and I, I can get into both of those, but I, I can't get into the, the herd immunity. Um, so if 
DM me there. I'll maybe fucking figure out this week how to get into that. But leave it to me. I'm so fucking stupid. You know, listening to me talking about <laughs> fucking the philosophy of morals. Um, about people in Orlando who I think are idiots. And me. I can't remember my passwords to fucking anything. Like, I'm pretty sure Apple even saves the password for me. And I still fuck it up somehow. I don't understand how that's possible. Um, so, yeah, anyway. I'll fucking figure that out. So, DM DM with, with any uh, suggestions for segments. I, I think we'll do some advice next time. We'll get uh, old Carolyn in here um, in, in her segment. So, um, yeah, no. Let, let me know. Thank you guys for listening. Um Tell me what you think about the early morning stuff. Do I sound fucking horrible? I don't know. Um, but but keep in touch. Uh, and I'll, t- I'll, I'll talk to you guys later this week.